0: Then enter code R slash at checkout. That's R slash, R S L A S H, at adamandeve.com. This is an exclusive offer specific to this podcast, so be sure to use code R slash to get your discount, plus 100% free shipping, and get it fast with rush processing. Use code R slash. Welcome to R slash, Am I the Butthole, where OP sues her brother in law? Am I the bad guy for taking my brother in law to small claims court over art supplies? I'm a 29-year-old male who likes to draw and try other mediums as well. As such, I've accumulated a lot of art supplies over the past few years. My wife, Sally, also dabbles a bit, and we've converted one of the rooms in our home to an art studio of sorts. There is easily a few thousand dollars worth of art supplies in that room, and we tend to keep it locked for that reason. Most important to me are my pencils and markers, which are not cheap. Chart pack, for those who care. So, Sally and I had her family over for her aunt's birthday a few weeks back, and my brother and sister-in-law brought their kids with them, a 7-year-old girl and a 6-year-old boy. We had forgotten to lock the door to the room that day. About an hour into the party, I noticed that both kids were nowhere to be seen, so I asked my sister-in-law if she knew where they were. She said that they were drawing in the other room. I immediately rushed over to the art room and found that it was a total mess. Most devastating was the fact that all my markers were ruined because the kids were using way too much force causing the tips to fray. I yelled at them to get out and they started crying. My brother-in-law ran over and started yelling at me, saying they're just kids and it's just markers. I told him that the markers alone were 17 bucks apiece, and he said that I was stupid for paying that much. Sally tried to defuse the situation, but my brother-in-law started yelling at her too, saying that we can't have this much art supplies and not expecting kids to want to use it. I told him that he's paying to replace the markers and other supplies they ruined, and he told me to go F myself and left. Everyone left shortly after that. I totaled up the damages, and I needed to replace about 375 bucks of merchandise. And I found out that the kids drew on a piece that I spent the past week working on, as well as ruining a finished piece that Sally did. I sent my brother-in-law a bill, and he blocked me. So I talked to my friend, who's a lawyer, and had him draft a claim for small claims court and send the letter to my brother-in-law. My wife agrees with me on this, but her family has been mobbing us, telling us we're being ridiculous over some markers. Only my father-in-law, who has also taken up painting recently, and my other sister-in-law say that my brother-in-law has to pay. Am I the bad guy? And before we get into the judgment, OP posted an update. Anyways, last night, my father-in-law called my wife and told us to come over. When we arrived, my brother-in-law and sister-in-law were already there. My father-in-law sat us down and told us that we're figuring this out now, and anyone who leaves gets written out of the will. Wow, what a power play! My brother-in-law asked if he would seriously disinherit him over markers. And and my father-in-law asked him, Would you seriously rather get disinherited than talk this out like adults? My father-in-law called all of us childish, but figured the threat of court would make my brother-in-law admit that he was at fault. He was also mad at me for going nuclear and ruining my aunt's birthday. After an hour and a half of talking, my brother-in-law said that he was sorry and he would replace the supplies that his kids ruined. I apologize for making a scene, and Sally and I are taking my aunt out to dinner tonight with my father-in-law as an apology. Hopefully, things mend with my wife's family. Okay, well, I'm glad everything worked out, but even outside of that, I'm on your side, OP. What kind of entitled prick takes their kids to someone else's house, takes them into a room with valuable supplies, and says, go ahead, do whatever you want. We don't need to get permission from the owner, just do whatever you want in there, kids. If my kid broke something that belonged to someone else, I'd be mortified, and of course I'd pay for it. Because that's just the moral thing to do. OP, you're not a bad guy. And in my opinion, you also don't need to feel bad about getting angry during the party. Yeah, it does suck that you ruined the party, but honestly, I think your response was pretty justifiable. OP, I'm giving you 0 out of 5 bad guys. I'm giving your brother-in-law originally 2 out of 5 bad guys, but now I guess I'll knock it down to like 0.5 out of 5. I'm also giving your father-in-law 0 out of 5 bad guys. The way he handled this situation was amazing. Am I the bad guy for telling my wife that I'm tired of raising a kid that isn't mine? I'm a 31-year-old man who's married to my wife, Amber, who's 30, and we have a 7-year-old daughter, Emma. The problem is that my wife's best friend, Jennifer, who's 30, has a 7-year-old daughter named Harper, and Harper's dad is a lazy sack of garbage who refuses to do anything with his daughter. He's the type of guy who brags about how he never changed a diaper. Jennifer and her daughter Harper are usually at my house on the weekends because Harper's dad is drinking and watching sports all weekend. On Saturdays, I normally spend all day with my daughter since I don't see her as much as I want to during the week. However, with Harper being there every Saturday, anything I do with Emma, I have to do with Harper too. If I take Emma to the zoo, it's Emma, Harper, and I. I taught them both how to ride bikes, I take them both to dance class, I take them both to the kid's salon, and so on. Mother's Day was the last straw. I took them both to dance class Saturday morning, which Amber and I also pay for both dance classes because the deadbeat won't. On the way home, Emma asked if we could stop to get something for mom for Mother's Day. I said sure, but then it ended up being the case that I had to buy something for Harper for her mom as well. On the way home, I just kept thinking, why am I buying someone else's wife a Mother's Day gift? That's his job. A few days later, because I didn't want to ruin Mother's Day, I told my wife that I'm tired of raising Harper, and that her real father needs to step up. I'm tired of their family taking away time that I get to spend with Emma. She said that Jennifer is her best friend, and that we need to be there for Harper. Now, my wife is not speaking to me and sleeping in the guest bedroom, so am I the bad guy? If your wife thinks it's so important that someone steps up to care for Harper, then she can do it. She can spend her free time taking care of Harper. Why does it have to fall on your shoulders? What everyone's expecting of you, OP, is completely unfair. I'm 100% on your side. Also, down in the comments, someone asks, where's Harper's mom and all this? And OP replies, just hanging out at our place. Harper started to come along because I thought that it would be mean to take her and not her friend. At the start, it wasn't like this all the time like it is now. Okay, that makes it so much worse. Basically, every single other adult is treating OP as free babysitting for both the kids. That way, the deadbeat father can drink and watch sports, and the two moms can just chat and do whatever the hell they do all day. Who knows? OP, you get 0 out of 5 bad guys. I'm giving the moms in this story 2.5 out of 5 bad guys. I'm giving the deadbeat 4 out of 5 bad guys. I think the solution to this, OP, is to just stop. Just stop doing it. Stop taking Harper on your father-daughter dates. stop taking her to dance class, just stop. Am I the bad guy for refusing to give my stepson my engagement ring because he never treated me like family? I'm a 49-year-old woman, and I've been with my husband, Bill, for the last 20 years. Bill had two kids from his previous marriage, Jim, who's 31, and Paige, who's 27. We also have one biological child together, Harry, who's 16. Jim and Paige's mom passed away when they were 9 and 5. I met Bill around 2 years after his former wife had died. When I started building a relationship with the kids, I made it clear that I was not going to replace their mom, and I would be a trusted figure whom they could approach if they ever needed me. That being said, I still made an effort to treat them like I would my own child. I would take them to school, pick them up, take them to doctor's appointments, make their lunches, ask my parents to get them presents for Christmas and birthdays, etc. Both kids were somewhat hostile towards me at first, which I understand because they lost their mom. However, Paige eventually warmed up to me and saw me as a trusted confidant and maternal figure. She didn't ask me, nor did I expect her to want me to adopt her, but she still calls me mom, which I appreciate. Jim, on the other hand, continued to be mean and hostile. I have never treated him poorly or antagonized him. Nevertheless, he would make misogynistic statements like, It's your job as the woman to clean the dishes, when I would ask him to clean his plate. Or, he would call me a B-word when my back was turned. My husband told him many times that the way he was treating me was uncalled for, and for us to go to family therapy, but he always refused. He eventually moved out after reaching adulthood. He continues to maintain contact with his father and siblings, but his contact is minimal between him and me. And even then, he does not treat me well. So I have an engagement ring that's a family heirloom for several generations. It's always passed down from mother to the oldest child. My husband got the ring from my mom to propose to me. I told all three kids about this heirloom a few years ago. Anyways, Jim currently has a girlfriend whom he intends to propose to. He called me out of the blue one day and asked if he could have the ring. I told him no. When he asked why, I told him it was because of how he treated me all these years, and how he continues to treat me. And I don't want my family heirloom going to someone who sees me as a vermin. When he asked whom it would go to, I told him it would go to Paige when she gets engaged. When he heard this, he lost his mind and accused me of playing favorites. I eventually hung up when he wouldn't stop insulting me and blocked his number. My husband is on my side, but his maternal relatives have all been blowing up my phone, telling me what a butthole I am. So, am I the bad guy? Man, what an entitled prick. This guy refuses to see you as family, and then he expects to get your family heirloom? Well, which is it, buddy? Is OP your family, or isn't she? OP, I say stick your ground here. I think really this is less about the principle of getting what he thinks he's owed and more about just he doesn't want to spend 5 to 10k on a wedding ring. OP, you get 0 out of 5 bad guys. Jim gets 2 out of 5 bad guys. Today's episode is sponsored by ZocDoc. Life is full of compromise, but there's one thing in life that you should never compromise on, your own health. That's why I like to use ZocDoc to find the best doctors for me. That's how I found my personal doctor, as well as the pediatrician for my little girl. ZocDoc is a free app and website where you can search and compare highly rated in-network doctors near you, and instantly book appointments with them online. Once you find the doctor you want, you can book them immediately. No more awkwardly waiting on hold with a receptionist. My favorite thing is that you can see doctor reviews. I mean, who wants to go to a doctor who makes you sit alone in a room for an hour and then rushes out after barely speaking to you? I love using ZocDoc because, to be honest, it's easy and I'm lazy. Go to ZocDoc.com RS and download the ZocDoc app for free. Then find and book a top-rated doctor today. That's zocdoccom dot RS. ZocDoc.com RS. Am I the bad guy for not making child-inclusive plans that someone in my friend group can't attend? Recently, my friend group has been divided on an issue. I have a group of six friends and their significant others from high school. All of us are in our mid-twenties. Jessica is the only person in our friend group who has two young kids and is a single mom. I'm the only person in my friend group who can host, as my husband and I own a decent-sized house and we don't have anything stopping us from hosting, I guess. One friend doesn't want to host, two live with their parents and can't, and another has roommates who won't let them. We all live in a rural area, so there isn't really anywhere to go for more than a quick dinner. So someone hosting is the only way that we can all hang out, really. When I host, it's always later in the day, around 7pm. That's when most of us are off work. I also have a no-kids rule for my house, since my dog is afraid of kids, and honestly, I don't like kids anyways. I had a gathering last weekend, a dinnertime barbecue. Everyone was invited, the same rules as normal. Jessica asked if she could bring her kids because she can't afford a babysitter, and since both of their dads aren't involved at all. I said no because of my dog, and also because I don't want her baby and toddler at my house. The last time she brought them, she kept trying to push them off on other people who didn't want them so that she could relax. Also, her toddler puked on my $5,000 white couch, which I had to replace, and no, she didn't pay for it. Jessica blew up on me in the group chat and said that I always exclude her. I told her, I'm not excluding her, I'm excluding the kids, all kids. She's welcome to come if she finds someone to watch her kids. I also told her that she's welcome to host. She kind of ranted about how none of that is possible, and now she isn't talking to anyone our group is split. Half think that it's my house, my rules. One person said that maybe if she screwed better guys, she'd be able to have a babysitter. And two people think that I should just let her kids come. To be honest, if it was someone else, I would maybe cave. But I don't like Jessica that much, especially since she didn't pay for my replacement couch. I'm finding myself agreeing with i.k18 down in the comments, who writes, Let's be real, you are not Jessica's friends and you make excuses. Some semi-reasonable, some a little far-fetched. Jessica needs better friends, but your house, your rules. So you're not the bad guy for establishing rules for your home, but still, you're the bad guy. So I guess personally I would give you 0 out of 5 bad guys, but just add that you don't really seem like the type of person that I'd want to be friends with. OP, if you don't like Jessica, just don't invite her. Instead, it kind of seems like you're singling her out because you're still bitter about the couch or because you don't like kids. I don't know, but it kind of seems like your friendship with Jessica is on the ropes. Am I the bad guy for ignoring my soon-to-be stepmom when she kept calling me by the wrong name? I'm a 16-year-old girl and my name is Andy. Just Andy. My mom's dad passed away just a few days before she found out that she was pregnant. My mom was very close with her dad, and his name was Andrew. He went by Andy. The technical female version of Andrew is Andrea, but neither my mom nor my dad liked that name, but my mom wanted to honor her dad in some way, so I got named Andy. And I love my name. I think it fits me. My parents got divorced when I was 8, and I live with my mom most of the time, but visit my dad every other weekend. Three years ago, my dad started dating his now fiancé, Kate. Kate, for some reason when we met, assumed that my name was Andrea. I explained to her that my name is just Andy. She kept calling me Andrea though. I ended up telling my mom about it, and she told me to just ignore Kate until she calls me Andy. Well, this past weekend, I was at my dad's, and we were visiting some of Kate's family. Well, she kept calling over for Andrea, so, of course, I ignored her. She got mad and asked me why I was ignoring her, and I said because that's not my name, and you know this. Her dad and brother basically laughed, saying that they thought that I just went by Andy as a nickname, and I said, no, it's just Andy. So then, they asked Kate why she's been calling me Andrea then. Well, later on, Kate got mad, calling me a brat for embarrassing her. She went on to say that I knew who she was talking about, and I should have just gone with it, but I was being a butthole. I honestly kind of feel like in that instance, I should have just answered to Andrea, but I don't know. Am I the bad guy? OP, when someone doesn't get your name right, that's like the most basic fundamental insult you can possibly make. And when I say basic fundamental insult, I don't mean it's like the most insulting insult of all insults. I just mean it's like insult number one in the long list of insults getting a name wrong. Because that's you. You're Andy. That's your name. That's who you are. So to not get someone's name right consistently over time, it just shows a complete lack of respect. So you should stand your ground, OP. And what I want to know is, why is your dad allowing his soon-to-be-wife to constantly disrespect his daughter? Allegedly she loves him, but not enough to learn the real name of his daughter? Huh? OP, I'm giving you 0 out of 5 bad guys. I'm giving Kate 1.5 out of 5 bad guys. That was our slash and my the A. And if you like this content, be sure to follow my podcast because I put out new Reddit podcast episodes every single day.